Hey guys, thanks for tuning in today to the JTP Church Podcast. We hope God speaks to you through this message. If you want to share with us what God is doing in your life, you can write us at hello at jtp.church. If you would like to partner with us and make a financial gift to our ministry, you can visit us at www.jtp.church and make a donation. Now sit back and enjoy the message. I have a very practical message today. And it has to do with three things. And if you're writing down, if you're the type of person that likes to write down, three practical things I'm going to talk about today. Number one, field. Number two, people. And number three, grace. Very easy. Okay? Number one, field. Number two, people. And number three, grace. And I titled today's message, Lord, what do you want me to do? Lord, what do you want me to do? And I think this is such an important question that every one of us has to ask ourselves. As a matter of fact, it's inevitable for you to ask that question once you truly come and have an encounter with Jesus Christ. You cannot have a true encounter with Jesus Christ and not say, God, what do you want me to do from now on? Because once you come to God's ways, he transforms your life. And I want to talk to you a little bit about a guy that he came and he had an encounter with God. How many of you guys know about Apostle Paul? Raise your hand. Have you ever heard about this guy in the Bible yet? He's kind of pretty famous. He wrote like half of the New Testament. But this guy had a huge encounter, and his life was so incredible because it was such a drastic change. He actually used to kill Christians. Imagine somebody that's into killing Christians all of a sudden have an encounter with Jesus himself and go from killing Christians now to making Christians, right? Making disciples. And that that was Apostle Paul. Go to the book of Acts chapter 9, verse 6. This is his story, and he says, so he, trembling and astonished, the Bible says that he was on his way with papers that gave him the authority to lock up some Christians going from one city to another, and as he was traveling, the Bible says that a light greater than the light of the sun appeared to him, and as that light appeared to him, it was so bright that he couldn't contain himself. He fell off his animal. I don't remember what he was writing, but he fell off, and this is What happens here in Acts 9, 6, he says he's trembling, he's astonished. And the first thing he asked is, Lord, what do you want me to do? This was his encounter with God. And I don't know if you've had that encounter with God yet. I don't know if maybe today you would have that encounter with God. But when you have that genuine, true encounter with God, the only question that remains is, God, what do I do for you from now on? It's a shift. Everybody say, a shift. Something has to happen. Something has to change. If this word doesn't get into your soul and and change you, you're sitting down and listening to a lecture, but Paul had an encounter with Jesus Christ. He said, Lord, what do you want me to do? And it says that the Lord said to him, arise and go into the city, and you will be told what you must do. I want you guys to say that phrase with me. And you will be told what you must do. You ready? And you will be told what you must do. What do you want me to do, Lord? And once he asks the question, God responds. He says, go, and you will be told what to do. Now, if you go to Acts chapter 20, go with me in your Bibles. Acts chapter 20, verse 10. This is the same same story. But now Paul, he's already Christian. He's being used by God, and he's telling somebody about how he came to know the Lord. He's narrating his own testimony, and he's retelling his story of how he met Jesus. And this time he adds, he says, What shall I do, Lord? And the Lord said to me, Arise and go into Damascus, and there you will be told all things 
which are appointed for you to do. There's a new word that we see here, and it's the word appointed. Everybody say appointed. The Bible says that he was appointed to do something specific. All things which are appointed for you to do. And this word appoint, it means to assign. It means to determine. It means to establish, to put in order, to assign a place. So picture this. I don't know what your story, what your God story is like. I don't know what your story, whenever it happened, is like when you came to the Lord. But when Paul had his moment, he said, Lord, what do you want me to do? And God said, get ready, because I'm going to show you, and in not so many days, you're going to see what you were appointed to do. I want to let you know, and this is the first point I'm going to talk about. I want you to know that God has assigned you to a field. God has, or you could use the word appointed too, God has appointed you to a field. We said we were going to talk about three things. The first one is the field. Everybody say, God has appointed me to a field. I want to guarantee you, every single person in this place has been appointed a field. You've been appointed to a specific place where God wants to use you. Whether you believe it or not, there is a field for you. God has given you a place, a territory, where you will find identity where you will be able to flow based on the giftings and, and everything that God has equipped you with in that specific field. That's why God told Paul, look, get ready because I will let you know what I have appointed. There was, there was an appointment from God. In God's books, there was a day when Paul was going to have an intervention and he was going to come to know God. And in God's book, there was also a day and a time where you were going to come to know him. And maybe that already happened. Maybe that day is today. But when that happens, the only way to answer is, God, what do you want me to do? And I want to let every single person here know that you have been assigned to a field. There's a field that you've been assigned to. Being part of JTP, there's a specific assignment. There's a specific field where we've been assigned. And, you know, we've always read in the Bible, there's a lot of places where it compares the body of Christ, the church, to members in a body. There's a body and a lot of things make up who I am. I have a nose, I have eyes, I have a mouth, I have hands, I have feet. And all of these things work together so that my body could work. Well, the church functions the same way. Now, it's true that not everybody could be the eyes, am I right? Not everybody could be the mouth, not everybody could be the hands. When a young man likes a young lady and he wants to tell her that he's attracted to her, you're never going to see him go up and say, hey, baby, you have the finest pair of kidneys I've ever seen. <laughs> He'll probably say, you have these, like I told my wife one day, you have these beautiful, big brown eyes. You had me at wink. <laughs> Or you have such a beautiful smile. We see things that are visible, right? And we fall in love with things that are visible. We're attracted to things that are visible. But you know what? You could have both of your eyes removed and you could still live. But if you have both of your kidneys removed, you'll only last an hour. And sometimes it's the unseen things that truly matter. 
I don't know how many of you guys were here on Thursday. I was ministering a little bit about serving God. And I was impacted this week because I was listening to Marcos Barriento share his testimony of how he came to Christ. For you guys that don't know who Marco Barriento is, in Spanish music and praise and worship music, there were three people that really changed what praise and worship was about about 20, 30 years ago. Danilo Montero was one of them in Costa Rica, Marco Barrientos and Marco Suite, both Mexicans. These guys just changed what praise and worship was. I grew up listening to these guys. I admired them. I remember going to sleep with tapes. Yeah, tapes. Before CDs, you know, as in tapes. The one you used to grab your little pencil and roll them up, right? <laughs> and I used to listen to them fall asleep and listening to worship. And, and his life impacted me, his songs, his music. And I never had heard how he came to Christ. And he was explained that in Mexico City when he was 16 years old, he was hanging out with some friends and some friends invited him to a small group meeting. And he said, fine, I'll go, definitely. And he says that when he went to that small group meeting, it was the first evidence he ever experienced of God's love and the Holy Spirit in a person. And he says, it's incredible because it wasn't a young person giving HOB. As a matter of fact, when he went, he doesn't even remember what topic they spoke about. He doesn't remember what went on in that place. He just remembers the love of an elderly woman full of white hair. Her head was all white. But she just gave him a huge hug and told him, son, I am so glad you're here. This is your place. God loves you. And he said that for the first time, he felt the love of God. He felt the power of God. And this is to prove that anybody can be used by God. Yeah. doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter how young you are. It doesn't matter how much stuff you've been through, how much stuff God set you free from. God can use anyone. But it's important to know that we have a field. There's a moment in everyone's life where Jesus shows up and we have to ask, who are you? And when we ask, who are you? The next question, after he reveals his mercy and shows us who he is, our, the one who forgives our sins, the one who sets us on high places, the next thing is, God, what do you want me to do? I just want you to let this question into your heart today because today God is still asking and God is still manifesting himself to people and he's waiting for people to ask him, God, what would you want me to do? Have you thought about how God wants to use you lately? Have you taken time to think about or even pray about and say, God, reveal to me how you want to use me? What's my purpose here? I know it's not just to work. I know that there's something that you want to use in me. If you're here today, or for those that listen on the podcast, even if you have plenty of white hair, maybe even trembling hands, I want to tell you that you're blessed. If you're young and you're in middle school and you're in high school and you think that God can only use people that are older, you know what? God can use you in the field where you are right now. God has given you a field, and all I ask is that you don't ignore it. The second thing I want to talk to you is that in that field, God has inserted people. There are people in the field that God has given you. And I want you to go to 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13. 
2 Corinthians chapter 10. It says, we, however, will not boast beyond measure, but within the limits of the sphere which God appointed us. We were talking about being appointed to a field, remember? And then it says, a sphere which especially includes you. A field which especially includes you. You see, when God gives you a field, he also includes people in that field that you will influence with your God-given grace and capabilities and talents and giftings. And as a matter of fact, sometimes we try to overthink this, but the people that are in your field, you don't even have to go too far to reach them or to look for them. As a matter of fact, they're so close, they're just a decision away. The only thing that sometimes keeps us from influencing the field where God has set us. John 15, 16 says, you did not choose me, but I chose you and what? Come on, JTP Church. And appointed. God chose us and he also appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should remain. That whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give you. Do you guys know why we're here today on a day like today? You know why you're sitting in that chair Today, Sunday, November 5th, 2017, it's because Jesus chose you. It's because Jesus wants you to be in his team. He chose you. He says, come, I got a plan for you. I want to use you in a way that will blow your mind that you would never even dream about. Even before you were willing to say, yes, God, here I am, use me. He chose you. And if he chose you, he also gave someone else the opportunity to be used. Every single person here had someone that was diligent with their field. I know that I'm here because I had two parents. In my case, I was born into the gospel, basically. I had to make my decision for Christ, but my parents were Christians already when I was born. But if it wasn't for their example, then I probably would have said, you know what, I don't want that life. I prefer something else. I'm out. Until I had to have my personal encounter. But through their example, you see, I was one of those that God put in their field. Thank God that they did a good job understanding that that field that God gave them was their responsibility. In that field, there were people, including me, and including many of you guys, because, you know, my dad's the apostle. They were diligent enough to say, you know what? In my lifetime, I want to make sure that this field that God has given me, I'm not just going to turn my back on it. I'm not just going to walk through it and see all the people that God has put inside my field and not talk to anybody about Jesus and not show God's love and not bear fruits like we just finished reading in 2 Corinthians 10, 13, or I'm sorry, in John 15, 6. I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that fruit shall remain. You know, one of the things we teach a lot here in JTP is about tithes and offerings. How many say amen? <laughs> we teach a lot how to be givers, and it's good. It's good to be a giver. But there's something else that fills God's heart enormously. And that's sometimes when you take what's in your pocket and you're able to share it with somebody else. You know, sometimes all it takes is for you to see people in your field and just say, hey, you know what? Would you join me? For a pumpkin spice latte. Not something that I would drink, but I know many people drink it. 
including Miss Aguero here sitting right in front of me. <laughs> I don't know why I got so much attention from you guys the minute I said latte. <laughs> coffee, coffee, coffee. And for some reason, Brandon's walking around. <laughs> You've made quite a few of those, haven't you? <laughs> But listen, sometimes we try to over-spiritualize things. We say, well, we give to the church. When was the last time you saw somebody in need and you, you took time to say, you know what? Let me treat you to something. And as I was listening to the testimony of Marcos, Marco Barriento, he started saying that that encounter with that elderly lady when he went to that HOB, to that cell group, was the first experience that he had seeing God or Jesus through somebody else. But it didn't end there because it was a friend that actually invited him. And he says that his friend would take him to these, in Mexico, there was these stands in the street where people sell shakes. And he says they had shakes of mame. And he was explaining how this friend of his on a weekly basis would treat him and will take him. And he said that those experiences now after 33 years and God using him to save thousands of people, he says, man, I don't know if I would be here if it weren't for those batidos de mame. Because every time we would get together, he would instill faith and he would encourage me. You know, sometimes we think that church and the kingdom is going to increase and the kingdom is going to expand from what happens here in church. No, the kingdom expands with what happens outside the church. We come here, we get equipped. This is a, a hospital to get healed, right? God heals us. God equips us. He strengthens us. He prepares us. But the true growth of the kingdom happens out there. When you take from what is yours and you have the vision and you have the revelation to say, look, I have a field. I have friends that I, that I talk to every day. I have people that I work with. I have people that I, that I go to school with. That's my field. And these are the people that God put into my field. I'm going to do something about it. I'm going to talk to people about Jesus Christ. How many say amen? The greatest movements and advances of the kingdom of God are birthed out there in the street. And the third thing I want to talk to you guys about, I said first was field. Second thing that I wanted to talk to you was people. God puts people in your field. And the third thing is grace. Everybody say grace. grace. And I want you to go with me to Galatians chapter 2. Verse 7 and 9. And it says, But on the contrary, when they saw that the gospel for the uncircumcised had been committed to me, as the gospel for the circumcised was to Peter, you see, each one had their own grace. God gave grace to one for the circumcised, and God gave another type of grace for the uncircumcised, the Jews and the non-Jews. And it says here that when James, Cephas, and John who seemed to be pillars, perceived the grace that had been given to me. You see, grace can be perceived, right? There's people that when you flow in the grace that God has given you, they perceive that. When you're in your sweet spot and according to the grace that God has given you, you flow, people perceive that. And they're receptive. And there is a reason why the people that are in your field are in your field. God has put them there because it's through your specific grace that God is going to reach them. It's not a coincidence that they're there. They're there with a purpose. And I loved it here because it says these people who were pillars, they didn't know them, but when they came, they perceived the grace that had been given to me. 
they gave me and Barnabas the right hand of fellowship that we should go to the Gentiles and they to the circumcised. So when they saw the grace of God flowing, and, and you know, this is something of the Spirit. You discern the grace in people and say, you know what, let's go. We're in the same, <laughs> we're in the same boat. We have the same vision. We're all about the same thing. We're about the kingdom. So I want you to tell the person next to you, God has given you a specific grace. Tell them, it's, maybe it's not the same grace as mine. But God has given you the grace that you need to reach the people in the field where he has placed you. And when you begin to use that grace, others will recognize you for it. The Bible says that these three guys, which were pillars in the church in that place, Cephas, James, and John, when they saw, they said, I recognize this. This is God's grace over these people. This is, we could use this for the kingdom. Amen? And God is looking for people that would say, God, I don't even know what my grace is. But let's start here. Lord, what do you want me to do? It's all Apostle Paul did. He went from killing Christians one day to having an encounter with God that changed his life. And you know what? It doesn't take much. You don't have to go to school for 10 years in a Bible college. All you need is a true encounter with God and a willing heart to say, God, what do you want me to do? I wish there were people today. I wish. As a matter of fact, I should stop wishing. I declare and I prophesy in Jesus' name that every single one of you guys, whether today or already happened in the past, would say, God, I'm ready. Whatever you want to do with me, you can count on me. I'm ready to go into my field and I'm ready to see the people that you've placed in my field and I'm ready to flow in the grace that you have given me. People will realize that you have a grace given by God to carry out his assignment with excellence. And that grace, that gift will open doors over your life. There's nothing more beautiful than flowing in the grace that God has given you. Flowing in the supernatural power of God and seeing people come to Christ through that grace that God has given you. The Bible says that if you are faithful in the little, then God will take you to bigger and greater things. Amen? We need to start somewhere. So maybe the start for you is wherever you go to school tomorrow or wherever you go to work, that person that's been in need, that's been going through a lot of issues, that's been telling you time and time again at work, that's, that's your field. That's the person that God put there. Start flowing in your grace with what God's done in your life. Talk to them. If you had a true encounter with God, start there. And start sharing your grace with them. If you use that grace to exalt God and not yourself, to extend his kingdom and not your brand or not your own name, you will see his glory. And as I close up today, I'm not going to be long. These three things that we talked about today, field, people, and grace, they work together in such a way that no person here in this place is insignificant to God. I want to say that again. Listen to me, church. No person here, no one is insignificant to God. If you are alive here, if you have a butt that's sitting in a chair in this place, or if you're standing, because some are standing, I guarantee you that God, even before he chose you and even pictured what you were going to look like, because God knew what you were going to look like, 
he said, I'm going to give him a field. I'm going to put him in the field. And in that field, I'm going to put people. And I'm going to give that person grace so that through that grace, and that grace is given by God, that grace, they're going to reach everybody in their field. Let me ask you something today. Let me sh shake you a little bit out of your comfort zone. How are you doing with your field? How are you flowing with the grace that God has given you? And don't feel bad if you don't even know what's the grace. What you should do is start asking God, God, what's the grace? What have you given me that nobody else has? And that when I flow with this grace, when I do this that you have called me to do, it's going to draw people closer to you. What is it? What is it? And I want to challenge you guys as we leave today, because I truly believe what I declare today. I see things through faith, and I think that God is shifting us, and God wants us to take us out of these four walls. I really do. I think that there is a revival that's going to happen, and it's not going to happen inside the church. It's going to happen out there. Influencing our field with the grace that God has given you. When are you going to start? Don't look at me. I want you guys to make pretend you're modern-day Pauls, and today you had an encounter with God. Because that's why God brought you here tonight to this place. He wanted to challenge you. And he wants to tell you, how much longer are you going to just continue walking that field like if there's no purpose in that field? Like if it's just a matter of coincidence? No. There's a reason why we're here in the United States of America, being that we were, most of us were born in another country. There's a reason why we are in Miami. There's a reason why we are part of JTP. And there's a reason why you go to the school that you go to. And there's a reason why you work where you go to. And it's because in this season where you are, that's your field. And if you want to glorify God, if you are truly a person that had an encounter, that has had an encounter with God, the only thing to ask is, Lord, what do you want me to do? I'm going to ask you guys to bow your heads right there where you guys are. I believe the Holy Spirit is working and he's gifting people today. I believe that he is here for those that have ears to listen. You know what? As a matter of fact, with your eyes closed, please stand up. Don't trip. But keep your eyes closed because sometimes we get distracted. I'm not going to call you guys up tonight. I don't need to. But I do want to ask if there's anybody here that wants to say <laughs> these amazing words that Paul once spoke after he asked, who are you? And God revealed himself to you. You know what the reason why you're in church today? It's God revealing himself to you. Maybe you don't see it that way. The reason why you're here is because God has drawn you to him. And now that he's shown you his mercy, shown you that he loves you, that he's for you. We just spent four weeks speaking about love and how unconditional God's love is. And what he wants to know is, are you willing to do your part? And he wants to hear people be able to say to him, God, what do you want me to do? I guarantee you that if you ask God that question, he'll answer. I guarantee you that he'll show you. He'll start leading you. He'll start telling you, look, this is the way. Here's where I want you to go. Look at that person. Speak to this one. Treat this one to a pumpkin spice latte. 
take this person, invite him to church, pray over his family, do this. God's going to start speaking instructions. So many that you can't handle if you just tune your ear to him. But what God wants you to understand is that he's given you a field, that he's put people in that field, and that he's given you grace to be able to reach them. And I want to ask if there's somebody here that wants to have that Paul-like movement today and wants to ask God, what would you want me to do? Now, let me tell you, this is a dangerous question because when you ask God that, it's an invitation to say, God, I am willing to live for you and put everything aside. I'm ready to listen because I've been distracted too long. I've been listening to myself and what I want to do, but now I'm going to start listening to you. So before you raise your hand quickly, I want you to understand that you're inviting God into your life to start moving you in the direction according to the purpose that he created you for. But if that's what you want, and I think that the reason why we're in church is because we want that, raise your hand right now if you're willing to say, God, what would you want me to do? Raise your hand if you're wanting for God to start using you in that field where he put you. I declare in Jesus' name, and I sense the Holy Spirit working. He's right now anointing those hands that are lifted high, every eye closed. He sees your hands. It doesn't matter if you're an imperfect person. It doesn't matter if you failed God. God just wants to know if you're serious and if you're ready to take a stand for what he's called you to and say, God, I'm ready. I'm ready to serve you. So I declare right now in Jesus' name over every single hand, the Holy Spirit working gifting and giving you fresh grace to be able to flow fresh grace is being released right now over every single hand that it's raised in jesus name those that want to say yes lord use my life i understand that you have assigned me to a field and i will take care of that field i will serve it every time i've neglected my field I find myself getting in trouble, God, but I, I want to be focused from now on. I want to dedicate my life to reaching the people that you have put in my field. I feel the Holy Spirit now pouring a fresh anointing on every single hand that is being lifted now. He's changing hearts tonight from being self-seeking to outward giving, healing. It's going to start to break out in HOBs in Jesus' name. I declare it, not just physical healing. God is going to start use young men, young ladies, elderly people, kids even, to be able to release a word of healing over people that are heartbroken, over people that have been disillusioned, over people that are sick. Father, I declare a fresh grace over every single hand that is raised now. And I declare that we will be responsible with the field that you have inserted us. God, we don't want to walk through that field like if nothing happened without revelation god we understand as your people that we have been chosen for this we have been set apart for this god and we want to be responsible with the grace that you have given us in the field and with the people that you have inserted in that field in jesus name amen and amen if you've taken that vow i want to encourage you to start asking god and start looking some of you guys already know what is the grace that God has given you? But you know what? To he who asks, more shall be given. Ask God for more grace. Ask God for, God, give me grace to save my family. Maybe everything you've tried to this point hasn't worked. Tell him, God, give me grace to save my family. Give me grace to save my friends. Give me grace to be 
somebody that shakes my school upside down and wants people for Jesus? Is there anybody willing to be able to take the stand today? Lord, I pray in Jesus' name that every spirit of spiritual apathy is canceled in Jesus' name. Father, I declare that every veil in every eye is released and I declare every person that's inoperative, that's being fooled by the kingdom of darkness in Jesus' name. Father, I activate your power, your grace, the gifts of the Spirit. Lord, I pray that your Holy Spirit will fill with fire every single person here, that your grace will flow, God, through their mouth, that as they start their day seeking your presence, your Holy Spirit will fall upon their lives, God, and that just as Jesus walked with revelation, knowing where he had to go, where he had to be, and who he had to speak to, the same will lead us, God, into our field, winning people and souls for Jesus Christ and transforming our society. God, I declare in Jesus' name that every selfish spirit, every selfish nature inside of us, God, is being removed, it's being burned out, it's being canceled. Help us clothe ourselves in humility. God, give us burdens for the people that don't know you. Put a burden inside our hearts for those that don't know Jesus Christ. And I pray, God, that your glory, your glory will abound. I pray that you give us revelation with respect to what you want us to say and how you want us to operate, God. We don't want to live one more day according to what we think is right, God. We want to be used by you and we want to flow according to the grace that you have given us. In Jesus' name, I prophesy and I declare, God, over JTP Church, over Ministerio JTP, over Ondas de Amor, over JTP Crash, God, that we are God seekers, filled of the Holy Spirit, pursuers, God, of your presence to be able to change our society, to be able to change our communities, to change people one by one and establish your kingdom in this place, God. I thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to be able to be used by you. And I'm ready for the challenge. I don't know how many people here are ready for the challenge. Raise your hand. I want to see the show of hands. Can you shout if you're ready for the challenge? How many of you guys are ready to start tomorrow in the field that God has given you? Yeah? Let's start tonight. Let's go. Tonight. Yeah, when you go get your pumpkin spice latte. Yeah. You can start right there. You can talk to the person that's preparing you. <laughs> Amen. Father God, I thank you so much for your presence. Don't ever let us grow comfortable without your presence. We want to be dependent on you every day of our lives. We know that our strength comes from you. Our purpose comes from you. God, let us be connected. Connect us, God. And I pray that every single person here, God, will start to have dreams of seeing South Florida bowing down before you, recognizing you as the King of Kings. God, as times get tougher, as crazy things start happening like just happened in Texas, God, I pray that as more persecution starts arising, God, that the church will start to become stronger and strengthening themselves in your Holy Spirit and getting filled of your grace, getting filled of your power, God, to make a difference. In Jesus' name, I thank you. And I declare, God, that very soon we will be thousands and thousands. We declare that arenas are waiting for us. Yes, in Jesus' name, for the glory of your name. Amen and amen. Come on, give God praise.